0: Welcome to The S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National and Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Clower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Emily Coles, who is serving as an AmeriCorps member with Marshall Clinic Health Systems Community Corps. Emily, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, Emily, thank you for being here and sharing about your AmeriCorps service this year. I'm
1: excited. I love what I'm doing.
0: That's wonderful. Well, Emily, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service with Marshall Clinic's Community Corps program this year?
1: So this year, I'm teaching nutrition classes at Hope Chats Community in Green Bay. It's a drop-in peer support center. So I have an interactive class and then we cook together because I believe if you can't prepare the food, then knowing what food to eat doesn't do you any good. So we just finished our first diabetes class this week, and then we're going to do a series on healthy holidays that'll take us through the end of the year.
0: That sounds wonderful. Could you tell us what your day-to-day service looks like at Hope Chats Community?
1: So usually my day starts at home. I do a lot of researching, and I'm writing the curriculum for the classes, so I work on the next lesson and handouts and mini cookbooks. And then every day at 2pm, we have open group. So I try to go in for those and participate in those. Wednesdays are kind of our activity days. So we'll go like we went to the zoo, or we've got a like thrifting for Christmas gifts coming up. So I participate in all the other activities we facilitate. I also teach sewing and crafting. More of that will be in the new year. I'm kind of like the nutrition crafty person on call whenever I'm there. <laughs> so I never know what I'm going to get asked. So it's a good time. And then it's Tuesdays I teach. So Tuesdays I'm there from 11 till we close at five. And that's my big day there where we're teaching and interacting the whole day.
0: That's great. And so I know you said it was dropping. Can you give us a little background on what Hope Chats community is?
1: Yes. Yeah, so like I said, it's a peer support drop in center. So it's open right now. We're open from 11 to five, five days a week. I think we're open the first Saturday of every month. And then in January, I'm going to launch like a crafty day, like the second Saturday of every month. But it's, it's like your living room. You just walk in and there's a big living room and you can sit down and chat with whoever is there. We do have certified peer support specialists who can do one-on-one stuff, but they're the ones facilitating the groups. We have a couple specific groups. We do a PTSD support group on Tuesday evenings. We have an LGBTQT support group Fridays at four. We have something called Smart Recovery on Thursdays at four. So we have a couple themed things, like groups that are specific, but otherwise we're just there if people want to come in and hang out and just have a safe place to be. A lot of the people who come in were struggling with mental health, I would say, is probably the majority in some way, shape or form. But there are people who are like active in their recovery and need a safe space to go. And we have a couple people who live out of their cars who also show up and hang out. So it's a really wide population. But it's great. You never know who's going to walk in the door and what's going to happen or who's going to be asking me questions. Um, It's great fun. I love I love the idea that you never know. (laughs)
0: That's wonderful. And so, is there a pretty wide age range then of the folks that are coming in for services as well or for support?
1: Yes. They're all adults. We don't, I don't think we have any minors unless someone like brings their child in with them, which happens very rarely, but it's a very wide adult age range. Like, we have some young. Young adults in their twenties and then the you know all the way through people in their sixties and seventies so
0: and so you said that on tuesdays you're doing the nutrition classes for folks, so can you give us a little bit about what those look like and the activities you're doing with those
1: so at eleven thirty we start the presentation part of the thing where I, I have a slideshow and we go through information and I may or may not have you getting up and doing things <laughs> to illustrate points. I teach really, I don't, I don't know how, like loosely. So people are, I build Time in for questions, but people are welcome to ask questions at any point, and they do, and they may or may not have anything to do with the material we're covering. (laughs) Sometimes it's quite interesting to get back to the theme of the day. So we go through that, and then we head. We've got this tiny little bar, and we have a hot plate that plugs into the wall, and then I bring in a wok, and we have a little plug-in convection oven. So. What I have to come up with recipes that we can do with those items. So then we'll start the cooking process and I will coach slash do depending on where we are and what technique. So it's very hands on like you're washing the rice and hey, Kyle, would you cut this meat? And some people are like, I can't touch raw meat. I'm like, that's fine. Just have the other person do it. How about you come over here and stir this pot? Or whatever. So, definitely find something for everybody to do. And we make the food together and then we eat the food together because all of that helps with your digestion and absorbing nutrients. So, I know you had at least one healthy meal because you ate it with me.
0: So, that's great. And so, you're both doing the nutrition aspect of teaching about different foods, but also the food preparation for folks that they can. Use that to take with them in their lives going forward. Yes. And so, what are some of the different things you've taught lessons on so far?
1: So, my last term of service, I did an abbreviated year. I started in January, and we ended up deciding that I was going to focus on nutrition classes, and they wanted a recovery nutrition class. So I had to do a ton of research, because it's hard to find research on how nutrition can support and promote recovery from substance and alcohol use. So that was really, really cool. And that really took up the, the whole term last last term. And then this term, diabetes was a big request. So we rolled into this term with diabetes. We'll actually be teaching this class again at the end of my term. And then I pulled them. So what do we have this year? I have a list. So we're doing healthy holidays, which is going to include a Thanksgiving party and a Christmas party. And then in January, we're going to do a class called Cheap and Speedy, Using the Food Pantry and Microwave to Your Advantage. And then we've got FAD or FACT, Sorting Through Popular Diets and Finding Out What Works for You, which, spoiler alert, is just going to be basic nutrition information, but delivered in a way that (laughs) hopefully is engaging for people. So I'm excited about that one.
0: And that's got to be so interesting because there's so many things that can be this fad pops up or you should do this. And people think this and it can be a lot of looking at, well, here's the basic nutrition aspects of how that might work or might not work and what you can do. But I like the idea of like, this is what could work for you.
1: Right. And like, this is why this diet, you know, like. This is where the keto diet came from. This is the population it scientifically applies to. This is why it works as a weight loss diet, because that's typically why people are on diets in America when we're talking about fad diets. So I'm explaining this is why you're losing weight with this diet. And here are the effects that you will see when you go off this diet. And like with keto, it's so high in fat. Typically, it messes up people's cholesterol and their heart health. And they don't know that. So it can, some of these fad diets can have really serious side effects. So we're going to talk about those.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And before I cut you off, you were talking about the other things you're going to do.
1: So after that, we're going to do two weeks of mental health madness cooking and eating to support our mental health. April we're going to do good for your gut. So talking about fermenting foods and that one's going to be a sign up list. People are going to have to sign up to attend because we're going to make like pickles and I want to start everybody like with some sort of like kitchen herb for their apartments because healthy cooking can be as simple as growing, you know, a little pot of basil. So Or rosemary. So that one they're gonna have to sign up for because we are gonna get supplies for that one. And then we're gonna do our diabetes again and then end my term of service with the cheap and speedy class again because that seems to be a real need. A lot of people come in and say, well, you know, I'm getting my food from the food pantry or, you know, I only have $80 on my food share card you know how am i supposed to eat healthy and i have no time you know like like how am i supposed to cook from scratch and work my full time job and my part time job and feed my child so that's kind of where that class is focusing on is how do we do this with the food we have available how do we maximize the resources we do have and really eat as healthy as we can
0: that's great and that's such a practical thing for lots of people that folks that are on a could be on a very limited income and have that limited time going back through and just giving folks practical steps up. Here's the things you can do. Here's the advice you can follow. Here's the plans you can do. So do they walk away with a set menu of items? Are they going through several different things they can create across the month?
1: So I'm really trialing a different form of recipe writing where instead of a set group of ingredients, it's like a grid. And so you pick, like for diabetes class, we've done stir fry for six weeks because I wanted them to see with diabetes, it's really important to combine your food groups and have your carb, fat, and protein all together and then fiber, which are primarily your vegetables and grains. So I was like, we're cooking stir fry and it's going to be different every week. So you can just see how this works and how fast and easy it is. So it starts with pick your protein and it lists, you know, different forms of meat and beans and tofu and then pick your grain and you've got everything from, you know, your rice to barley pearls or couscous or quinoa. And then pick, I, I have them pick three green vegetables because <laughs> they're such a powerhouse of nutrition. And then pick three other colors of vegetables. And then, you know, here's aromatics and spices. Add like three or four of those and kind of walk you through that way. So it's like, okay, you know, the food pantry has zucchini. So, yeah, like right now, the food pantry zucchini is real big. Well, what do I do with the zucchini? You chop it up and you throw it in stir fry, you know? So, using what you have, I gotta say, Paul's pantry in Green Bay is the bomb. (laughs) I'm amazed at the quality food that they are able to source to the community. And I watch people leave food there because they don't know how to prepare it. And it's like your core nutrients, like meats and fresh fruits and vegetables. And so I was just, it was so good for me to see that because I was like, once again, if you can't cook it, you're not going to take it, even if it is available to you.
0: It's like giving them that awareness of, these are these items that are there. If you don't know what's with them yet, let's find what you can do with them because they're super healthy for you. And they're available. And these are the things that you really need. Yes. And then looking back, you said we did last year. So what were some of the dietary pieces you were doing on the supporting for the folks that were in recovery?
1: So the way the research kind of breaks down is alcohol, stimulants, opioids. So we looked at all those key pieces of nutrition, like our macronutrients, you know, carbs, fat, protein, and then our micronutrients, our vitamins and our minerals. And we looked at that through the lens of, okay, if I am drinking alcohol regularly, this is the fact that blew a lot of my classes away. So with alcohol, you can be eating as healthy a diet as you want. And if you're consuming, you know, more than a glass or two with your meal, you know, like if you are regularly consuming large quantities of alcohol, you're not absorbing any nutrients, like those healthy key nutrients, because your body is so focused on eliminating the alcohol that it will not pick up the vitamins and minerals. It will not pick up all of the carbs and the protein from our food, because it's so focused on clearing our systems of alcohol. So it doesn't really matter how healthy you eat if you're drinking because you're not going to absorb the nutrients from it. And that really shook some people up.
0: (laughs) I can imagine.
1: That was one of the moments that consistently people were like, what? (laughs) So, yeah, we looked, looked at that through. People on stimulants typically aren't eating enough of anything, so they're deficient in everything. With opioids, we talked a lot about constipation <laughs> and how important fiber is to get our bowels and our digestive system moving properly. And, and then with vitamins and minerals, we went through and said, okay, you know, if you were doing opioids, these are probably the common vitamin deficiencies you're going to see. And if you have these symptoms... Maybe that's something you talk to your doctor about and say, hey, can we run a panel and check for blah, blah? Because I'm, you know, having these issues. And maybe I need specific supplementation outside of just the food I'm eating. But nutrition and recovery is super complex because the way we absorb food has so much to do with our environment, whether what we have access to. And and what we have space to prepare, and a lot of people are food insecure, housing insecure, and you know just are not in a good place when they come out of recovery. So it's it's a very multi layered thing, and it's not as simple as, ju- as just saying, "Oh, eat," you know, your vegetables. And that's where that kind of the cookbook I was talking about earlier. It's my brain child. That's because it's like, okay, how can I help you do this? And how can I help you do this if you're in a hotel and all you have is a hotel fridge and microwave.
0: Makes perfect sense. And it is. There's all the challenges out there that's beyond it's beyond just the, the time to do it. It's beyond just the the knowledge to do. It. It's like having the resources as well.
1: So when I was researching for the recovery nutrition I came across this study and recovery rates go from 20% to 70% when you have nutrition support throughout the first year of recovery.
0: Wow. That's that's an incredible number. It's a huge change.
1: Yeah. And there's no standard of care like there is for diabetes or for heart health and so that i was really passionate about trying to make a really practical class because i was shocked at that number
0: that's such a huge difference i would never have imagined that
1: i know it's not just in that like 6 week 3 months however long the detox period is it's within that first year year and a half but that's how big of an impact nutrition can have on your ability to achieve and maintain recovery.
0: That's incredible. But it makes sense. Your body is in recovery from lots of ways, and it's a chance to really help it build everything back up.
1: Yeah, it was it was mind blowing to me.
0: Thank you for working with folks on that. It sounds like it's really interesting, but it's really complex and a lot more than I think a lot of people may know. Yes, it really is. And then looking at the other parts of your service. So what are you doing in the other days that you're in there when you're not teaching those classes?
1: So then I'm participating with our regular programming. So they know I'm the nutrition lady. So they're always asking me questions. I do a lot of like, oh, hey, you want to do this craft project? Okay, I'll help you do that. Or, you know, right now we're making Advent calendar thing to put for the Habitat Humanity auction that's coming up. So we're painting objects and getting all the little boxes ready. So I'm kind of spearheading that. And then it's just a lot of sitting and visiting. Because sometimes people just need someone to listen to them. And sometimes they need someone to talk to them. So it really is a community. And it sounds silly to say, oh, yeah, I sit and chat with people all day. (laughs) But and I don't. We have our groups where we're focusing on a specific topic and we're communally working through those things. But when we're not in groups, it's really like how are you doing? What's happening in your life? And I want to see a picture of your cat. I'll show you a picture of my cat.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it's just that relationship building and that like that check-in and that like reassurance that makes things better for folks and gives people the support they need, too.
1: And that's really where I find out where my people are coming from. If I wasn't visiting with them and if I didn't have time to hear where they're at, my classes would not have been so effective because thankfully I grew up in a food secure household. I never worried where my next meal was coming from. And a lot of people don't have that experience. And a lot of people didn't grow up with a mother who cooked and a father who said, all my kids are going to learn how to cook, get in the kitchen. So it's like, okay, no, like, let's talk about how to boil water. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and what are all the things you can do with boiling water?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So it's and just sometimes people will be annoying and then you realize like, oh, well, they don't have anyone to talk to. So they're just like, they got to say their 10,000 words and you're right there. And that's where the communal piece of the meal comes back in. It's like, okay, well, if you're eating with me, you're actually eating. Whereas you might go home and be so depressed that you're not eating. So it feeds into each other really well and really helps me know what to do and where to head off some things.
0: That's wonderful. And then, Emily, why did you first decide to serve as AmeriCorps member with CUNY Corps, And what made you come back for an additional term this year?
1: So the short version is some really traumatic stuff happened <laughs> through no fault of my own. I suddenly needed a place to live and proof of income. And my friend had just gotten licensed as a host site. And she'd been wanting me to do nutrition And she was like, Oh, look, you've got to apply. So I just kind of jumped, because I needed, I needed a place to go. And then it was this beautiful, magical thing where I landed in this wonderful supportive community. And AmeriCorps didn't just care about me enriching the community, they cared about me and my development as a person. And my host site supervisor really supported me and said, let's do what you're great at and gave me the things I needed to flourish and really find my sweet spot, which is teaching these classes. And when I heard that I could use my degree, I have a degree as a dietitian, and I've always wanted to teach nutrition classes. So it was just kind of this perfect thing. And we weren't done after one year. (laughs) So it was like, let's do this again.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm so sorry you experienced the circumstances that led you there. But I'm so glad that you found the service and it's been such a meaningful experience.
1: Yes, me too. Because I know I would have talked myself out of it if I had had time to think about it. But I didn't. And I love it.
0: And then... During your first year, were you also at Hope Chats Community or were you located somewhere else?
1: So my first year, my host site was the Peshtigo River Center up in Crivets. And they were kind of set up at that time as a recovery community. So I would drive up there at least once a week. I live in Green Bay. And one of the ladies on the board up at the Peshtigo River Center is actually the lady who runs Hope Chats. And so she and my host site supervisor got together and said, let's bring this to Green Bay. And my Krivitz supervisor from the first year was like, this is so important. You teach wherever you have an opportunity to teach. So she gave me kind of free range throughout the community. And so I taught at a couple other locations in Green Bay. But Hope Chats really, really clicked with me. And when it came time to join for another year, we decided to switch me to Hope Chats because it is in Green Bay and I was doing quite a bit there. And the people, I kind of left the Peshtigo River Center. So there wasn't as big of a group I was working with up there. So they flip-flopped on me. So now my secondary site from year one is my primary site for year two.
0: It sounds like that's where you have the most folks you can reach this year, too. Yes, it is. And then looking back over your AmeriCorps story so far, what are some favorite memories or stories you could highlight for us? You kind of gave a little bit about one thing that really stood out for you, but what are some things that stood out for you?
1: So I think my favorite memory of all time was we have this class where we talk about the importance of fiber and I give them like the numbers and the quantity. And then I say, you know, that's really boring. And who wants to count numbers? Think about it as color. See how many colors you can eat in one meal. And so I walked in after the Fourth of July, and one of the people, like as soon as I walk in the door, goes, "Emily, Emily, I ate four colors on the Fourth of July." <laughs> and I was like, "What? You did this on a holiday?" And they're like, "Yes, I did it at this holiday lunch, and I ate." And they listed off the four different fruits or vegetables that they'd eaten. And then they go, and there was a fifth one. Like I had blue Kool-Aid, but I didn't know if Kool-Aid counted. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Kool-Aid doesn't count for fiber source, but good job.
0: But true blue can be hard to find. You only have a couple of those versus the other. So,
1: but that was just so meaningful for me. Like typically I the holidays are when we're just like, I'll do whatever, you know? and to have someone be so excited that they did the thing from class just really made me happy.
0: That's wonderful.
1: And selfishly, I love doing this. So I'm just really enjoying getting to do what I enjoy.
0: Well, that's great. I'm glad you do. That's what we hope. And then Emily, what are some things you're looking forward to doing over the rest of your service this next year?
1: So I gave you my lineup. I'm really excited about that. And I told you about the non-traditional cookbook. I'm really excited about that. I want to get that done, hopefully by midterms, so that our fellow AmeriCorps members can use it as well, because I know a lot of us are on limited budgets and time constraints. So I'm really, really excited to get that developed and out.
0: That sounds wonderful. And then Emily, do you have any plans for what you'd like to do after your AmeriCorps service this year?
1: So I would really like to transition into my own business full time doing this. But doing it on a broader scale, I want to start some cooking clubs and really bring in some income so that I can provide for myself and continue to provide services to these nonprofits. At little or no cost because I do think nutrition is so life-changing if we let it and it shouldn't be something you're denied because you don't have the financial means to take a class
0: that's wonderful and I'm so glad that your AmeriCorps resources is giving the opportunity to build up a lot of these skills you'll then carry forward into that
1: me too It's built a lot of good community connections for me and just really reinforced this is where I want to be.
0: That's wonderful. And so, Emily, I just want to say thank you so much for your AmeriCorps service over the last year and looking forward to the difference you're going to make throughout the rest of your term. Thank you. Well, thank you much for joining us and sharing about your service. Thank you. It was fun. Well, thanks. Have a wonderful day. You too. And thank you again to Emily for sharing about her AmeriCorps service with Marshall Clinic's UNICORP program and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S and S-Files stands for service. And you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.